We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Pods coming at you late Wednesday night after the Minnesota Timberwolves beat the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. Final score Wolves 113, Bucks 108. A lot of stuff to get to in this game. New starting lineup. D'Lo broke out tonight after a slow start to the year. Cat decided to say zero words to the refs the entire game. Big change. Vanderbilt put together a rebounding highlight reel. The Wolves took a big lead, they blew a big lead, then they took the lead back, and Anthony Edwards closed it all out down the stretch. But we are going to start tonight's show the same way we started the last one, but in a different fashion, and that's with uh, Anthony Edwards' post-game interview after, what was that on? Was that Monday night, that game? After Monday night, for the first time ever, uh, Ant, you know, he did something post-game between calling out his teammates and holding them accountable after that loss to the Pelicans. Uh, tonight, Ant was back to his old goofy self after tonight's game, and I think that feels like the place to start tonight's show. So here's Anthony Edwards, who again had 25 points, seven rebounds tonight, including a game ceiling and one with 15 seconds left and two more free throws with eight seconds left. Here's Ant. And offensively, you got a little stagnant at the end of the game. I think like five minutes stretch where you guys didn't score, but you held them off with the defense. Um, you've done that a few times this year. What does that say about this group that, that you can win games on that end of the court? Man, we lock up, man. I don't care what nobody say about us. We played uh, the best defense in the league. Um, I snapped that. And <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have uh, two, three people on the all-defensive teams. You know what I'm saying? And I might be on one of them. <laughs> I'm saying, but nah, we we definitely can win the games on the defensive end, man. Everybody, uh, boxes and elbows, um, make them make them make the next pass. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That's what it was about tonight. Don't let Giannis beat us. I mean, he still went for I think like 40, but <laughs> so we won. So the game plan works for sure. And like just the way, like you talked about, like the practice yesterday. Like you know, teams are gonna lose games they don't want to lose. Are disappointed in, and then, but you guys were clearly upset about that and did something about it. Like, does that show growth in a team when you respond like that? When you just come back and turn your anger into success? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you respond like that, that's that's big. But like I told the people after the game, um, that's just one game. We can come out and play like shit versus uh, Denver. You know what I'm saying? So we just we it's about with, with us. It's about uh, how many games can we put together as as us playing like that. 
we can't come out and play like this versus defending champs and then go play Denver and don't bring the same energy. Like, as long as we bring the same energy every game, we, we're going to be a hard team to beat. How do you make sure that the team brings the same energy? Talk my shit before the game. <laughs> Talk my shit before the game. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Put little baby on, rap the lyrics. I get everybody hyped. We up. It's time to go. They definitely were up for this one, and they were they were up early. Uh, I don't know if it's been too much energy or not being able to choose who is going to lead them at the start of games, but the Wolves have started started bad the first three games. Those first quarters have been bad. Through the first three games, the Wolves, if you put those first quarters together, they were shooting 42% from two in the first quarters and 29% from three. Tonight in Milwaukee, they scored 44 first quarter points and they were 73% from two, 60% from three. Just took a, a few minutes into the second quarter. They were up 54 to 34 against the defending champs. It was it was a really impressive start to, to the game. I mean, to be fair, we do have to note that the the Bucks were without three of their normal starters, best players. Uh, both Brooke Lopez, Andrew Holiday did not play in this game, and Dante DiVincenzo remains out of the lineup for them. But we knew that coming in. And that's why we talked about on these last two pods about how the Wolves we knew they had a real shot in this game. That's why we said we thought D'Angelo Russell had a had a real chance to get going tonight. And and that's where this game started. D'Lo started hot. He had 10 points in the first two and a half minutes without Holiday guarding him at the point of attack and without Lopez dropping to defend the rim there. Those mid-range shots were there early for D'Lo. They were clean in the pick and roll. He came down, got the highest screen, stepped into the mid-range, hit it. Same thing with the next shot, hit another mid-range, and that gets him going. He was feeling it then, and then he comes down and hits a three. That's 10 points. Bam. First, like, what is that? 155 seconds, two and a half minutes into the game. I mean, D'Lo had a rhythm. I mean, D'Lo is a player. This is what we're talking about. D'Lo is, is a player who can exploit imperfect drop coverage. And, and you know, that's what he did when, when the Bucks tonight didn't have Brooke Lopez back there to contest the rim. Didn't have Drew Holiday there to lock it, to stay connected to his hip. D'Lo is a good, tough shot maker in those mid-range shots. And here's Chris Finch talking about that after the game tonight. Yeah, it was just that pace, like that just quick decision-making, being decisive. Um, you know, they were in drop coverage, and he does a really good job against that. And he came off, you know, listen, I mean, he's a really 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 talented player uh offensively gifted as i've ever seen really with all this dribbling passing and shooting you know he wasn't going to stay in the rhythm he was in forever and he came out with a mission to get himself going and that's exactly what we needed at the end of the night Dilo finished with 29 points five boards six assists he was nine of 14 from two point range tonight for Dilo, that's huge i mean he's a he isn't a player who's a force at the rim like ant and like cat are so any of these games where he's shooting over 50% from two are huge. I mean, the the Wolves' offense is going to be potent then. It it opens up the Wolves' offense so much when D'Lo can get into that mid-range area and hit those, those two-point shots because then the defense has to react to it. They had to do that tonight, and other guys got going. I mean, D'Lo finished the night six for six from two-point. Two <laughs> Let's say that again. D'Lo was six for six on two-point shots outside of the paint tonight. That's huge. Also huge tonight, if you watch the game, Jared Vanderbilt, man, that that dude got the start, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, and, and he was everywhere. I'm going to make, early here in the show, I'm going to make 
Vanderbilt tonight's Forgotten Star of the Game, brought to you by Forgotten Star Brewery. If you watch the game, I mean, it was I guess it was hard to forget. It it really was, like I said, a, a rebounding highlight reel. Vanderbilt. I was thinking about it during the game. I mean, Vanderbilt might have the most rebounding talent for his size in the entire NBA. There's better rebounds out there, rebounders out there, but you know, it's like the Joel Embiid's, the Rudy Gobert's, those type of guys. I mean, as far as six nine athletes go, very few players, if any, in the league use their frames to be forces on the offensive and defensive glass more than Vanderbilt can. The Wolves came into this game far and away last in the league in defensive rebound rate, which is really just a fancy way of saying that nearly 40% of the time the Rockets and the Pelicans missed a shot that they got their own rebound. I mean, that's terrible. They, they The Wolves have been getting crushed on the glass. And Vanderbilt gets the start tonight and pulls in 13 rebounds. That's huge. 13 rebounds while he's guarding Milwaukee's main ball handler in Giannis. That's that's hard to do. I mean, you can't understand, understate how great Jared Vanderbilt was tonight. I mean, Vanderbilt does the normally forgettable stuff, the effort things. And that is exactly what the Wolves needed in the starting lineup tonight. I found it uh I found it fascinating that Finch still decided to start Vanderbilt, even though the Bucks went small with Pat Connaughton at power forward. I mean, it's logical that you would want to start Vanderbilt against Giannis, but you know it didn't make as much sense on paper when you did the matchups of Wolves starting lineup versus the Bucks starting lineup. I wasn't sure for that reason if Finch was going to start Vando because that then left the question of who's Cat going to guard, and Cat guarded Pat Connaughton. It was it was funky for sure watching Cat guard a six foot four six foot four floor spacer. But it, it definitely proved to be worth it um, to put Vando on Giannis. I mean, Giannis definitely still did a ton of damage. He had 40 points, 16 rebounds. I mean, he's a he's a freak. But got to think about it. Like, what what if there was no Vando in that game? Then it's just Cat that you can put on Giannis. You don't have other options on this roster. There's probably a huge opportunity cost there, right? Like, if Cat has to guard Giannis, one. He's then exerting way more energy on defense that he now can't probably assert on offense. And two, if Cat's guarding Giannis, the likelihood he gets in foul trouble goes way up. I thought Jim put it, Jim Pete put it really well in the broadcast. He said Cat was the quiet storm of the game. And, you know, part of that was literally being quiet, not talking to the refs, but just from straight basketball standpoint. Cat had 25 points on 13 shots, five assists. It's, it was the exact role that the Wolves needed him to play tonight. And Cat was able to be that quiet storm tonight because of Jared Vanderbilt. So that's why Jared Vanderbilt was the forgotten star of the game tonight. There's no Wolves game on Friday night, so go check out Forgotten Star Brewery in Fridley. Dollar off beers if you mention the show. Go buy a beer for Jared Vanderbilt. All right, we're going to take a quick break here then talk some more game specifics, and we will then look ahead to the Denver Nuggets game five of the year on Saturday night. Today's show is brought to you by TickPick. Minnesota Timberwolves basketball is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Wolves tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site 
and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NBA tickets. If you can find better prices for the same seats on any other ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Visit TickPick.com slash Moore. My name, all one word, no spaces today to save $10 on your first order of Wolves tickets. I heard from a handful of fans who use TickPick to purchase their tickets to the Wolves opener after hearing about it on the pod, and they found the experience to be both easier and more affordable than previous ticket sites they had been using. The Wolves do play seven of their first eight games at Target Center, and TickPick has you covered for all of those games. It was a blast to see fans at the opener matching the Wolves' energy on the floor on Wednesday night, and I look forward to more of that to come. Again, visit TickPick.com slash Moore. My name, all one word, no spaces today, to save $10 on your first order of Wolves tickets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back talking about the Timberwolves' 113-108 win over the Milwaukee Bucks on Wednesday night. Let's talk about a few other wrinkles from this game. Uh, We just mentioned that Jared Vanderbilt started. That had a pretty big ripple effect. Uh, The rotations changed pretty completely. And just overall, the rotation tightened. If you listen to the pod I did with Britt on Tuesday, you heard me talk about how I thought the the 11-man rotation might have to shrink. The Wolves had gone, well, they'd gone 10 in the first game. But that was because Patrick Beverly was suspended for that game. Games two and three, they'd went eleven guys all the way down to Jared Vanderbilt, all the way down to Jordan McLaughlin. Tonight it shrunk, and I I thought that was going to happen. But I thought the most likely candidate candidates to get pinched were in the two areas where the rotation was a little over freight, right? And that's the point guard position or that combo forward spot, which led me to believe or to look at Jordan McLaughlin maybe as being a guy who could be removed from the rotation completely, or just kind of by process of elimination, maybe Torian Prince being removed from the lineup. Well, Finch did keep McLaughlin in the rotation. He 
prioritize that third point guard role, and he chose to pinch the combo forward spot. But it wasn't Torian Prince who got the DMP. It was it was Josh Okogi. Now, that makes some sense because Prince and Okogi play the same position, but Okogi being the one who was completely removed was a bit surprising given that he had been starting forward, small forward, power forward, however you want to put it. He started the first three games. So I don't know if this is a dot to connect completely, but tonight, Vando starting meant no Okogi at all. And then the game flow also led to very little Nas Reed and also very little Jordan McLaughlin. Nas played nine and a half minutes. McLaughlin played five and a half. I mean, if Cat's going to be playing 38 minutes a night, 10 is obviously going to be the cat for Nas unless, you know, he starts playing some next to Cat at the same time. But we haven't seen that at all this year. And if Delo's going to play his full complement of minutes, and we know Pat Bev's going to play a lot, play some even next to Delo. Well, then there just isn't really much space for McLaughlin. My kind of operating assumption is that this is going to be sort of the standard for Nas and J-Mac. You know, there might be times like that second game where, you know, J-Mac gets an opportunity. He kind of sparks the offense and he gets a little extended run, maybe at the cost of Beverly or something like that. Or D'Lo just has a maybe plays 29 minutes that game. And then, you know, Nas will obviously play more in games when Cat's in foul trouble. But the real question here with these rotation guys is Josh Kogi. You know, what's going to happen? I mean, if Vanderbilt is going to be the starter going forward, and I don't know how you could put him back on the bench after that game. You know, where where do Kogi's minutes come from, if anywhere? I mean, it would have to be Prince or Beasley, right? But I mean, those guys are already pretty low. Like Prince played sixteen tonight. Beasley played seventeen tonight. That's about what Beasley's been playing, and he's. You know, one of the highest paid players on this team. It'll be interesting to monitor going forward. I mean, this is this is the reality of uh, when you got 11 guys that you can go deep. I mean, 11 rotation players, there's just not enough minutes out there for all of them. The pecking order, as I see it now in terms of minutes, is getting pretty clear now as, we've, as we're getting to four games now into the season. And that's, you know, first tier, that's Cat, Ant, and D'Lo. Then I think in the second tier, by himself, also in the starting lineup, is Jaden McDaniels. The third tier, we got Vanderbilt and Beverly in that kind of fifth, sixth-man role. Then after that, it's Malik Beasley and Torian Prince as the wing depth. And behind them, it's just the, you know, it's that ninth, 10th, 11-man spot. It's just crumbs for Nas, J-Mac, and Akogi. Obviously, we haven't seen Lehman, Noel, Bomaro, or Knight at all. Um, in real minutes, they're, they're all clearly out of the rotation for this team. All right, let's hit on some other bullets from this game. We'll uh, we'll do that again by rattling through my prize picks over unders. Uh, my really dumb pick tonight was taking the under on thirty point five points for Giannis. Again, he had forty. Um, my thinking was, you know, we know the whole Wolves defensive scheme is about putting an emphasis on tamping down, you know, opponents at the rim, right? And I knew there would be an added influence on that tonight. Or, you know, insistence on, right, trying to trying to have the whole mentality of make someone other than Giannis beat us. Like, that was the game plan. And that didn't happen. But, uh, but <laughs> better than I can explain it, Ant explained that after the game tonight. So, we got to do another Ant clip. Here's what Ant had to say post-game about uh, playing against Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, you can't 
stress about him scoring. Like, that's what he going to do. <laughs> I mean, he, motherfucker, Sam 2, 280 pounds. Like, ain't nothing you can do about him. <laughs> like, shit, we put four people on him. Or will he still score the ball? Like, I was telling Leo uh, Leo today, I was like, because I played, we played Young's last year. I'm like, bro, I ain't never seen nothing like it. Like, you can put four people on him. He he might miss it, jump right back up, dunk that bit. I mean, like, it's nothing you can do about it. So, him scoring the ball is, it, it doesn't amaze none of us. We like, this is what he do. You know what I'm saying? But I can't even say we contained him. He still went for 40. Like, the game plan was to not let him beat us. And we came out victorious, but he still went for 40. I mean, he, he's amazing, man. There's nothing I can say about Giannis. It's unstoppable. I don't, I don't know what I don't know what to say. So me and Ant got that one wrong. Uh, my one good call of the night, though, was D'Lo over 18 and a half points. He got that early, and for the reasons we talked about above, we'll see how much uh, D'Lo can get this to be, you know, not a a blip. They the Wolves, the Wolves to be a threat, you know. I mean, Dilo only has to be the third guy, but Dilo's got to be the third guy. And tonight, we we for sure saw that. We we saw what a weapon he can be as the third guy. The one pick I wish I could have back is me pick picking over ten and a half rebounds for Cat. I made the pick on Twitter before I knew Vanderbilt was starting. Um, I knew the Bucks were going small, so I thought that meant that Finch would again start a Kogi, and that would leave. You know, Cat out there is the main rebounder. If that's the case, I felt like, you know, 10, 11, 12 rebounds for Cat was a lock. Had I known Vando was starting, I would not have made that pick. Um, Cat, because of Vando, only had three rebounds in this game. And that's because Vanderbilt had 13 boards himself. But also, you know, Jane McDaniels got in the mix. He had 11. Uh, in the first three games, Jane McDaniels had only had eight total defensive rebounds. It's a big reason behind why the Wolves were dead last in the league in defensive rebound rate. But tonight, he had 10. Uh, 11 total rebounds, but 10 on the defensive end, so that was huge. I can test that pick uh, because I didn't know the Vanda was starting, but I'll take the L there. I did squeak my way to 2-2 two and two by picking George Hill over 8.5 points. I actually thought, to be honest, I thought Hill would have a pretty big game with Drew Holiday out, but it took him almost the entire game to get over by half a point. He hit that corner three at the end, which got him to 9 points. Uh, I'll take it though. Two and two on the night. Uh, so now I'm eight and seven on the season. I feel like I should be doing better than that, but that's still over 500. If you think you can do better than me, you're probably right. Um, you can sign up, play these over unders at prize picks. Uh, just download the prize picks app. It's super easy. Um, really just looking at the stats. It's a fun thing to kind of track during the game. I'm even just having fun, like looking at the box score while these are going on, mostly because I, Literally have to face you or at least this microphone to talk about it after everyone in the game. So sign up at Prize Picks, um, and if you do, please use the promo code Dane D A N E. Um, that lets them know where you came from, and it also gets you a hundred dollar sign up bonus. That's probably more important. So check out Prize Picks. Um, let's wrap up this pod by looking ahead to Denver and the Nuggets. Um, <laughs> I don't mean to get you too excited, but Denver doesn't look very good right now. Uh, this afternoon, I watched their game uh, from Monday where they played the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Nuggets lost to Ricky Rubio, Kevin Love, and those Cavs in Denver. It was a home game they lost to the Cavs. That's the only full Nuggets game I've watched, but they looked really sloppy in that game. And, you know, I guess I would kind of think that that was 
you know, a blip for them. But judging by their numbers so far this season, that sloppiness on both ends of the floor seems to be a feature and not a bug. The Nuggets currently rank 27th on defense in the NBA. They've been bad. They were really bad. And what I watched in this Cavs game, really the Cavs, the Cavs go huge in the front. I mean, you guys should watch the Cavs. They're the weirdest team. They they start uh, they start Jared Allen at center, seven foot. Um, they start Evan Mobley, seven one at power forward, and they start Laurie Markkinen, seven foot at small forward. They're literally like the pocket turned inside out of the Timberwolves. But the Cavs really picked apart the Nuggets um, on the interior, and yeah, the the Nuggets defense looked bad. Offensively, if you look at the stats, the Nuggets rank 10th on offense, but they look sloppy on that side of the ball too. And over four games, the Nuggets are 2-2, two and two, but over four games, uh, only two teams in the NBA are turning the ball over more frequently than the Nuggets are. Can you guess who those two teams are? Pause. Yep, it's the Rockets and the Pelicans, uh, the two teams that the Wolves played uh, in large part. I'd like to think in large part due to the Wolves' defense. Maybe they're just bad teams. I don't know, to be determined. Uh, but yeah, the Nuggets, Nuggets are turning the ball over a lot. Should be another opportunity for the Wolves defense to, you know, spark some offense by having turnovers lead into points. Obviously, Nikola Jokic main concern with this team, and he did look great in this Cavs game. It's it's a lot more, it seems to be about the surrounding pieces in Denver. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. obviously has a much bigger role this year with Jamal Murray out, and he is not off to a good start to this season unimpressive in the Cavs game. His numbers looked poor, poor through four games thus far this season. The one player I was impressed with from the film that I watched in that in that one game was Aaron Gordon. I had him down in my notes as someone I was worried about the Wolves being able to contain on Saturday. But and as I sit here now after watching this Milwaukee game, not going to lie, I feel a lot better about being able to control Gordon now after watching what Vanderbilt did against Giannis. This might sound dumb, but I think Gordon kind of is like a poor, poor man's Giannis, at least stylistically. I think Vando's a good matchup for him. And if we assume Vanderbilt's going to be in the starting lineup, I do. Uh, I, I think the Wolves match up pretty well against the Nuggets. I mean, Vanderbilt on Gordon. If you do that, then you can put McDaniels on Porter Jr., which is, you know, a lot of size to put on big Porter Jr. That's the best option the Wolves have there, I think. And then Ant gets Will Barton, and Monte Morris is, isn't It's a pretty good place to be able to put D'Lo. Obviously, Cat on Jokic by default, that'll be the main focus of that game. But, you know, if Cat can play Jokic to a draw, I think the Wolves could find an advantage um, the, those other four spots in the starting lineup. Generally speaking, I'd say Denver is a bigger team on the schedule, and, you know, that's never good news if you're the Wolves. Really, all of Denver's size is kind of concentrated in their starting lineup. Jeff Green and Jamichael, Jeff Green and Jamichael Green are the other two bigs that the Nuggets play. I think they're good players, but they're not exactly bigs you're too concerned about. Bigs to like they're not bigs that are going to physically overwhelm you. So, if the Wolves basically put all their bigs chips in the middle when the starting lineup by starting Vanderbilt, signing McDaniel's to the three. I don't see this as being a game where, you know, the Wolves are kind of cutting off one of their legs before it starts by just being way smaller than the opponent. 
Uh, one injury note on Denver is that Nikola Jokic did leave Tuesday's game against Utah with a knee bruise. Uh, word out of Denver, I guess unfortunate for the Wolves, is that it's not too serious. So you would assume that he's going to be active for that game. What I will say, though, is that Denver is coming to town on the back end of a back-to-back. They play at home against Dallas on Friday, and then they fly to Minnesota on Saturday. Is it possible Jokic sits one of those games the back-to-back? I think so. Would it be weird if the one of the two games he sat was the second one? Yeah, so I'm anticipating he plays. Um, so I don't know if the backup back-to-back's all that helpful in that way, but either way, it's a back-to-back for the Nuggets. While the Wolves are off on both Thursday and Friday, they will definitely be the more rested team when the Nuggets come to town. It'll be a, It'll be another test for the Wolves. I think, well, before this Milwaukee game, you know, Britt and I were talking on pod about how like the old Wolves would have lost to both Milwaukee and to Denver. And then, you know, the Orlando Magic come to town on Monday and they would have taken care of business there. That's what the old Wolves would have done, right? And, you know, then they'd be talking about, oh, you know, still three and three, even though we lost to Milwaukee and Denver. And at three and three, we're 500, we're in the playoff mix. That's like old, (laughs) classic old Wolves optimism. Well, I think there's legitimate reason for optimism now. They beat Milwaukee, so that's one clear first step away from the old ways. You know, taking care of Denver, too, at home, if you're a good team. Now you finish October at 4-1. and one. If you do that, you're, I mean, you're sending a message. Even if those teams, you know, I guess the Rockets were at full strength, but <laughs> they don't really have full strength. And the Pelicans missing Zion. Both of those games, obviously the Bucks were shorthanded. Um, you know, I even with that context, it's starting four and one is is nothing to sneeze. I mean, that's a that's a, would be an impressive, impressive start to the year. So I don't know, man. This team remains remains interesting. Um, I'm excited to keep talking about them, keep watching these games. If I'm uh, not back later this week with another pod with a guest, not sure on that yet. Um, if not, I will be back to talk to you after that Nuggets game on Saturday night. Big one. Until then, I'm Dane. Thanks for listening. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you dancing like nobody else around, yeah.